Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to the From the Finney podcast with me, Jake. Me, Ollie. Me, Jimmy. And me, in this week's episode, we're going to talk about the Cardiff game, everything that came with that. We're going to talk about the form of our centre-backs, we're going to talk about recruitment, we've got a couple of listener questions, and we're going to look ahead to Derby County as well. Um, so yeah, enjoy. Yeah. I mean, we're recording this quite early on Sunday, so it's still still quite angry from yesterday. Frustrated. Very, very raw, isn't it, still? Yeah, a few tears were shed last night, mainly because I'm missing Jordan Hugo, but because I think, um, well, we'll get on to it, but by we play, by the time the next play, we might be six points off for playoffs. But yeah, apart from that, looking forward to another day of footy on the telly. You all right, Jimmy? Yeah, a little bit frustrated after yesterday, but... Um... Nothing. The, the most frustrating thing about yesterday is it was nothing we didn't expect and nothing we didn't talk about last week. Yeah. So, um, yes, an unfortunate continuation from uh, last week on pre-lockdown. So, yeah, not yeah. great. But hey, how are you? Are you all right? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, pretty much what Jimmy just said. I felt it would do or die yesterday, and. Well, we all know how it ended. So. Mm, I think Died. we fell, fell on our sword, didn't we? It's hard to believe that it's going to change in the last few games. I've seen people saying that they don't think we'll win another game, and I, I don't, I don't think we'll go seven games without winning. I'd like to think that surely we'd win at least one of the seven. But Ollie, you said before that you didn't want this to come across as a negative or whiny podcast, but I've already noticed that the negativity started to just. Well, no, not it's, creep, not. it's not. It's not creeping in among not not us, just amongst fans on on nah, social media. I, I don't want it, I don't want it, I don't want to be accused of um, wanting Alex Neil to be sacked. Like um, we've already been accused of peddling nonsense, mate. So it's all good. Yeah, I've, <laughs> I've been called a lot worse in my time. To be fair, so I'm not actually that bothered. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Should we talk about yesterday then? Yeah. Do we have, and, do we have and, to? And, and <laughs> And the shit show that ensued from half 12. Yeah, it was disappointing. Very disappointing. And like you said, Ollie and Jimmy, I think, both of you, we we, we played massively into Cardiff's hands, really. Yeah. I'll just quickly say the most worrying thing for me was Ben Pearson said the exact same after the game. So he played right into their hands. Uh, in my did a little tactical preview for this for this game on, on Friday, I think. And you know what you're going to get from Sean Morrison. That's his bread and butter. Battering, battering players like Stockley. That, that's what he enjoys. Um, so, yeah, we played right into their hands. Very predictable. We were okay first half. Yeah, we a okay. couple of half chances. There was that Barky one early on. We, we, we were okay. We, we were average, and, and so were they. 
And again, Ben Pearson said both teams look bang average, which can't really argue with. But again, last after the subs have been made, that's that's where the biggest issues are. Yeah, I think first half, I thought both teams cancelled each other out. Um, obviously, Barkley had a good chance on his weaker foot. Um, should it have been a penalty? I said no at the time. I'm starting to think it's probably more of a penalty when you see it from the ref's angle, which is even more disappointing that he hasn't given it, given that his history from the West Brom penalty especially. Um, when he guessed it being a penalty. Well, I'm not being funny, but yesterday's was a lot more clear-cut, um, especially from his angle. It's not like he can't see it. He's not got anybody obscuring his view. And it does look like he's made contact <laughs> from the ref's angle. So I'm, I'm, I've got to admit, I'm really disappointed in his decisions yesterday. I thought it was poor for both teams. Um, Again, like though, when, when, before. when we saw who the ref was, I think you tweeted on social uh, on Twitter, didn't you? Yeah, because you know what you're going to get with Oliver Langford, and uh, I'm I'm not being funny, but he plays up for the cameras and he makes it a really scrappy, you know, lack of flowing game. Um, he blows up when he can play advantage. It it just became the spectacle that we expected it to be, in that it was scrappy, it was direct at times. There was no real quality in the first half of the game. I thought the only bit of quality did come from. You know Ben Pearson's, you know, drive down the right hand side. The cutback's not great for Sinclair, but end of the day, he's just done a forty-five yard run. You know, if and yeah, it probably should be better because of Ben's quality. But end of the day, it should be a penalty. And I'm, I'm not going, you know, I'm not being being myself up about it not being a penalty because you you could. I didn't think it was a penalty at first at first glance, but then you watch it more and you think, how does he not give it? Mm. Like, like you said, especially given the the view that he had of it. Yeah, that, that's the most frustrating thing about it to me. Um, you know, given his view, uh, but I think it was such a poor half of football. You know, we had a good first fifteen minutes when we played some decent stuff, but because we allowed Cardiff to play so high up the pitch with us having no pace to be able to get in behind them, it made it easy for them. You know, Stockley was it was it was a lamb to the slaughter really because. He was always not going to get any change out of Sean Morrison. You know, we, we knew it was we knew that was going to happen. You know, you needed pace through the middle of that team yesterday, uh, or you needed players that actually wanted to get involved. I thought Sinclair was just missing for most of the game. Um, you know, he just strolled through the game. You know, minimal touches again yesterday. Um, he had two dribbles, which is um, better than usual of his usual 0.5 dribbles a game. So, you know, let's look on the positives of that. But I just didn't think, I thought we were poor. I think it's a weird one. Sinclair's, for me, has been shocking in both in both the games. But he's had our, both, he's had our best moments in both of them games. So it's, it's, it's a weird one for me because I gave him a four yesterday in my rating. Um, it feels like he's that kind of player at this stage of his career. Yeah. He's not yeah. impact the game consistently, but he has the quality to provide a moment or two. So he's going to be frustrating <laughs> at times, but then the moments might come and yeah. change the game. And I think that's probably why you need him on the pitch. Yeah. So it's a bit of, a, it's a bit of an awkward one. I think he had 25 touches yesterday. I think only Stockley had less of who started the game. So when two of your three main attackers are just not, affecting the game throughout the 90 minutes. Mm, Stockley had 25. I think Sinclair had something like 27 or 28, so there wasn't much in it. Yeah. It's I mean, still it's, poor, though. Either way you look mm, at that, it's, it's poor. For, 
for, for two forwards to not it's a, touch get every, it's a touch every three or four minutes isn't it it's, it's just... that's a continuation for Sinclair though yeah. that's exactly it was a touch every four minutes against Luton yeah. that's not good enough I'm, I'm sorry but you, you you are top earner you know you would put the way you structured to bring you in look fucking interested yeah. Yeah, I think, I think we've uh, got a question on it, haven't we, in a bit. So I think we'll yeah. touch on that more in a bit. But, yeah. yeah, it's just very frustrating. Just, just uh, credit to Neil Harris, because I think he's... Uh, he's done a job on us again, hasn't he? Yeah. Well, he's made three subs. Two of them have scored. Glatzel and Mendes Lang have scored. And Tomlin's got the assist uh, for Mendes Lang to take the lead. So, again, the quality on, on both benches is there to see in terms of the difference. I think Mendes Lang would start for us. Glatz would start for us. Yeah. Um, Tomlin's a, a decent player, and he he's a clever player. Yeah. And and yeah, that those three have come on and influenced it in a positive way. But even last week against Luton, McManaman came on, Monker came on, and James Bree came on, all involved in the goal in their goal. So I don't know why substitutions work against us, but yeah, it's a it's a continuation. It's mm. probably because we're reactive. We're a reactive side, not proactive. You, you look at there is the footage on Sky mm. of when Cardiff were making that double sub by Mendes Lang and um, the, I forgot oh. who came on with him. Um, he made a double sub, and there was the, um, Alex Neal and the management team in the background. And honestly, they're, they're, if a picture said a thousand words, that'd be it because they yeah. look like what what we're going to do. Because and they're just reacting to what Neil Harris is doing. Yeah. And the frustrating thing for me about Alex Neil yesterday was that he changed the team to to benefit. It felt like to benefit Cardiff, you know, you know, because putting the big lad up front, it's just it's just playing into their hands. And Neil Harris did an absolute job on Alex. Neil Harris did a job on Alex Neil yesterday. Yeah, Neil Harris actually said he was surprised that we'd changed our style, which says it all really. Um, so I, I think, think I think you both said yesterday, didn't you, that. Too too often now, Alex Neal's becoming more more concerned about what the opposition can do versus what we can do. Yeah, and, and at the start of the season, we, you know, remember that game against Brentford? Yeah, remember Brentford at home when mm. we beat them two 0 We took the game to him. It was like, sod what Brentford can do. Let's concentrate on ourselves. Let's look at how good we are. Sod yeah. the rest. I, do, know, I and, don't know if you remember. Um, I don't know if it was last season or in Alex Neal's first season. He, he made a point in coming out in the press and saying, "Pull away, pull away!" In his first season, he, he, like, he changes. He change. He, he brings substitutes on to change the game and take the game to the opponent. And if anything, now he's he's, he's the complete opposite of that. Jake, I remember what it was. It was um, it was Hull away after the game. He said, Robinson. Robinson, 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 and Hogan. Uh, yeah. When Hogan was the best thing since sliced bread. That, um, <laughs> Alex Neal said he'd rather he'd rather he'd rather risk a point at trying to get the win. So yeah. yeah, and to be fair, he stuck to that mantra for quite a while, I think. And yeah, he, fair in his first season, I thought that's that was one of his strengths, to be honest. But now you'd say it's one of his main weaknesses. Yeah, yeah and and the, the substitutes came far too late yesterday. Seventy-one minutes with Maguire, seventy-seven with Galli. Yeah. And then bring in Potts, Harrop and Nugent on with six minutes to go. I think it was... Right, think we it we was had a, seven minutes extra time, but... Yeah, I think that's normal now because obviously you got 10 subs and then the water break and then goals, etc. But, I mean, if, if, if that was to be flipped round, if he was to bring three on at 71, I mean, I know it's still reactive, it's not being proactive, but you're bringing three attacking substitutes on. 
yeah. with 20 minutes to go, they've got a decent amount of time to try and impact the game versus bringing them on with six minutes plus six or seven added. I get that, but you don't need to use all five subs. Mm-hmm. You don't need to use all five subs. Mm-hmm. If, if, the, if the game is... You, why chuck them three lads on together? Just made no sense. It's using subs for sub state. Say, yeah. I, I get bringing Stockley off. I, I, I get a couple of changes he made, but I didn't agree with his first sub. And I didn't agree with the second sub either because he, he messed about with our shape again, you yeah. know, putting Alan Brown to right back. It's like, he's making yeah. changes for changes' sake. And it's yeah. cost us at Luton and it's cost us yesterday. Yeah. And it's cost <laughs> us this season. There's been yeah. many, there's been occasions this season when we've, Tinker and pissed about with the shape. QPR at home, you know, what Tom Barcazen was had that left back on toast that first half, and then mm. he tinkered with the shape, and the left back, no surprise, scores scores an absolute rocket. But that that left back doesn't get into the shape into the position he's in if we kept our shape. It's just tinkering. And well, it, Fisher, yeah, when Fisher went off arse. yesterday, we we conceded five minutes after. Like he said, he put Brown in at right back. Five minutes later, we conceded. Is that not part of what we're saying about him being proactive in that he brought on another midfielder to try and change the game in our favour? So he's put Brown to right back, trying to keep him on the pitch whilst also adding Gallagher's think For me, the, the issue is those four players, so Brown, Galli, DJ Pearson, he always wants all four on the pitch. Mm. So, and I mentioned this, I don't I quite like Alan Brown at right back, but if Fisher's available, then Fisher should play right back. I don't know if he couldn't play the 90 minutes, obviously, because he's not trained or whatever. So I can maybe understand that, but... Yeah, and he didn't have Rafferty on the bench, did he? Yeah, yeah. Which doesn't bode well for Rafferty, because I think Brown's firmly... Brown and Fisher are firmly... Yeah, so... But I was saying to someone on Twitter yesterday, when he makes the changes, whenever it is in a game, the last 10 minutes is always just a mess. It's just... A few attacking players at, at, at the top end of the pitch with no structure, and then it it just becomes a, a long ball mess, looking to pick up scraps or whatever. And I know we've created a couple of chances. Obviously, Nugent had the chance yesterday, which he was never going to score, um, even though it was a, a decent chance. And then Harrop had a chance right at the end, which probably should have scored as well. So, I mean, we we created a couple, but for me, after he's made the changes, we we look a worse side. And that's the well, concerning thing for me because you don't need to make some of those changes. I, I get, I, I get bringing Gally on, you know, but take Alan Brown off. If mm. Darnell can't get through ninety minutes, don't don't start him or bring him off at half time because you still got the. You can make a fourth sub at half time. It's mm. only three subs you can make him play. Bring him off at half time if he's not going to get through the game because then you've got you because the game is split up into quarters now with the water break. Gally and, and Brown have then got that first that third quarter of the game to settle in before that pivotal fourth quarter where we keep conceding goals yeah. and yeah. keep losing points. It's another point we've dropped yesterday. I know it's a, it's a point from a draw, but it's two more goals conceded in the last 15 minutes of a game. That isn't good enough. It's becoming yeah. a problem. And his substitutions are leading to them problems. It's not, And that's not being negative. It's just cold, hard facts. We keep yeah. dropping points because we keep making shit substitutions. It's that simple. Stop fucking with the team and start and start winning points. Yeah, I think for me, it's not even just it's it's just we lose any semblance of actual shape. I think is the main issue for me when we've made a sub. It all um, just seems to become like a part of just go on and try and win us the game. It, it, it seems. I said to someone, it's like a. It just seems like a messy 
five, four or five players just in areas at the top of the pitch. Um, and we, we sort of lose. Because first 15, 20 minutes of the game were very well organised in any game, I think. You could tell what we're trying to do. Uh, yesterday, we were trying to pinch the ball high up with DJ. It worked on a couple of occasions, but last 15 minutes or 20 minutes, just it, it just seems to become a bit of an end-to-end like strange game of football. And it, it's not something you'd associate with Alex Neal, but I don't know. Like Jimmy said, he was looking at their bench, seeing what they were going to do, trying to react. Before the game, he actually said, I think I put it, I think I said it, might have said it to you, Jake. He said he's gone with hype because Cardiff are at a tall side. And that's just ringing alarm bells before the game because we went there in December. I think Barkey started up front, yeah. tried to rip them to shreds for pace because Morrison and Nelson, pretty decent centre backs. Bennett's a good, a good fullback, but they're not mobile at all. I thought Bowden had a good game in the away game as well. Yeah. I'd seen him yesterday, but uh, the other thing I bring up about substitutes is that they brought on Glatzel and Mendes Lang early. And when it came to them, I think they only had one shot each, but when it came to the chances, they took them. They were up to speed with the game when the chances came. With us, they fell to Nugent and Harrop, who we brought on, and they'd been on the pitch three, four, five minutes. Both snatched at them, both over the bar. Yeah, I think Harrop's Harrop's a great point. That's a great point, that because that, that's what you get with quality. A, a quality player can just come into a game and, and make a difference. And I think that it's you mentioned before Ollie, about Nugent was never going to score. I think Nugent should score. I, I, I generally score. think he, he, he should, should score, score because would you it, ever back him to score that? I would never back him to score that. Three or four I think years the, ago, the, I con- would the conditions are, are tough, though, as well. Nah, yeah, I get how it slipped. I get how it slips a little bit, but come on, you've got to stay on your feet a little bit there. Because you, you, he snatched the reason he slips is because he snatched at it. Mm. He's, yeah. got he's got composed. more time. He's got more time than he realizes. <clears throat> well, that's what I mean. And if he's composed, if it, if the, either of them are composed about the finish, then they stay on the feet. You don't see anybody. You don't see any striker in the world falling over after they've hit the ball. If if they're a good top level striker. Because they've balanced, they've got they've got composure about them. If Aguero in the last minute against QPR. What's that? Aguero in the last minute against QPR fell on his ass. Yeah, well, but he he was composed when he hit the ball. (laughs) Yeah, it was. Yeah, no. I think all you have to do is look at Cardiff. Mendes Lang's gone one on one. It's a clinical finish. Would you would you back would you back any of our players to score that chance? Sinclair, maybe. Maybe. DJ. Scored a great goal to be fair to him yesterday, but yeah, it's like uh, like Ollie said, their subs have come on and they've made an instant impact with just clinical little movements, uh, timings there, and they've just finished it off. And I, d- I did think Maguire did all right when he came on yesterday. He, yeah, he set, basically set up the two chances, didn't he? Yeah, did all right for me. Yeah, Maguire looked, looked quite sure, but it's because he played close to Stockley. Yeah. Said it before, plays plays. Maguire through the middle with somebody same with Stockley playing with somebody and he might have a chance Stockley was poor yesterday no beating around the bush you know looked like a League 2 striker that he probably is but playing with someone and anybody's got a chance haven't they yeah. playing with, put a little bit of quality alongside someone I mean it's it's putting a bit of glitter on some shit but you know at least you've, you've got a bit of chance Oh, it's, um, it's, it's, that's what I mean, though. It's like you, you, you've got to put a bit of quality with him because otherwise, you know, he was just cannon fodder in that first half. You know, pinging the ball to him when he's got two big centre halves behind him. 
I mean, come on. And I read things he about... Did, oh, didn't make, he, he didn't make it hard for their centre-back, so... No, he didn't. But, you know, I read something about get the ball, get, get some crosses in or get the ball in the box. He's, he's not going to win anything against two giants, is he? I mean, that are good in the air, that won, you know, over, what, 75% of their ind- individual aerial battles yesterday. Come on. You know, yeah. Matt, you can put... You can, you can put buy as many tickets for the raffle as you want. Yeah, the thing is, even, even if you don't win a header, I'm, I hate. Well, I don't hate it, but if, if you keep going back to Hugo, if you didn't win a header, it'd make it so hard to get a clean contact on the border for the defender. That's why you gave where, away so many free kicks. Well, yeah, he's not good enough. No, it comes but, down but, to ability. He's not yeah, good enough. But at least make it hard for the for the defender to make a contact on it, and then you pick up the second balls when it ricochets. And then you've got the ball in a dangerous area. That happened maybe two or three times yesterday. But it's he, he can't get off the ground, Sockley. He can't get off the ground. He's 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 not. Looks like he's enough. got lead in his boots, doesn't he? He's not athletic enough, and we've known that since day one. To be honest, but he's a sixty minutes against Blackburn has saved him. Uh, he's the messiah to a lot of fans, isn't he? Yeah, uh, that was an exceptional well, sixty minutes. What I'd say about that is that he he was a okay. He was against. Um, and I think it was Derek Williams. Yeah. So Adarabio is young, and I think Derek Williams isn't the tallest of centre backs. He's more. He used to be isn't a fullback. He, no, I was going to say, isn't he a fullback, Derek Williams? Yeah. He used to be. He's a centre back now, but yes. But he was. It felt like he was able to have his way with them a little bit in that game. Whereas yeah. someone like Sean Morrison is not going to. He's not going to fall for anything that yeah. he's maybe able to do against smaller or more inexperienced defenders. Yeah, absolutely. It begs the question, though, what, it's, it goes back to what Jimmy said right at the start. Why play into their hands? Mm. It's who, who would you have started up front yesterday? I would have started Barkey up front. Yeah, I'd, I'd have brought Bowden into the team or even Potts, personally. I'll get Pelters for this, but I thought Potts looked bright as a substitute yesterday. I thought he yeah. did, yeah. He, I saw people on Twitter still saying they don't know what he brings to this football club, but I thought he yeah. looked bright. I yeah. thought... What, one thing that I don't understand about Potts and Stockley is people say Stockley works his bollocks off. I don't think I've ever seen anyone run as much as Potts when he's on the pitch. The amount of jobs he's done for the team. Yeah. And, and Stockley still gets loads of praise oh. and Potts gets absolutely slaughtered. Yeah. All right, he yeah. struggled this season. He's looked probably half the player he was last season. I think we spoke about it last week or maybe the week before. Yeah. But if, you, if you're looking for someone that works hard... It's Brad Potts. The thing is, Potts could come on and do anything and the same people would say the same things. Yeah, very so true. They've not... made their minds up on both players. They've made their minds up that Potts plays too much and Stockley doesn't play enough. Mm. And they, they watch the performances and fit the narrative around what they already think. So Yeah. yeah. If you look at the games that Brad Potts actually plays and starts, it's the big games. He's he need, start Wednesday. He need legs. I think he's got to start Wednesday. I think he will. I think he'll probably and he'll probably start wide right and in place of Barkey because that and that'll annoy me because if he doesn't play Barkey's and through the middle on on Wednesday that'll really frustrate me because I think I think Newton will start. I do as well because it's just a typical Alex Neil thing to do, isn't it? Yeah, I think he's he'll, he'll bench Barkey's in when he doesn't deserve to be benched. I know he was quiet yesterday, but Christ, get the ball to him, a bit like Sinclair. You're not going to utilise him. You might don't have him on the pitch. And yeah, I'd put Potts wide right to so see you've got the legs there as well. And you've yeah, got. We'll, we'll come on to Derby in a bit. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, of course. But, but um, it, I just think back to the original point. 
that's the reason. You know, Stockley isn't Stockley's got seven starts this season out of what thirty nine games that have played for that mm. reason yesterday. He isn't yeah. good enough. And yeah. I, I know I don't want to make it about you know, a hammering of Jaden Stockley because we've we've had enough of a comment on him this season, but he's not good enough. Mm-hmm. And he you know, God bless him he tries. But the thing is, it's not his fault. He, he gets a contract put in front of him. He's going to sign it. I've got nothing against him individually. As a, I'm sure a he's a lovely bloke. Like I'm sure he's a lovely bloke. He's quite good looking as well. But it's he's out of his depth, and so a lot of players that we sign are out of the depth at the level by no fault of their own, by by the club signing them. Yeah. So well, again, second part, we'll we'll come into uh, recruitment a bit more. Yeah. I think for, you know just a couple of things to add on in terms of stats wise. Um, you know, we have to give Cardiff a bit of credit, and they've gone from being 11th when we went into lockdown to six yesterday. And like we just mentioned, then you know, teams that bit of momentum and the fact that you put a bit of form together, you can shoot up this league about Wigan being 10 points behind us. You know, I just looked at their Jesus. form that they've won seven out of the last 11 games. You know, they've picked, they've picked up 24 points in the past 11 games. Yeah, you know, I think as well. At, I think now, if you if you just look at how close the games are together, I think that momentum thing like it propels itself even more now. Yeah, because you've got games every two or three days, and if you're on a roll now, or the opposite way, if you're in a bit of a, a bit of a run now, I think. Um, yeah, I think players say they like having games quickly after uh, after a loss. But if you look at PNE under Alex Neil, when we get into a bit of a rut, it. it Last more than a couple of games normally. Yeah, and I think that's the concerning thing. I think you look at our form last eight games, we've won just twice. You know, we've only scored seven goals in eight games. We've lost five of those eight games. Only Chef Wednesday and Hull have got worse records than us in the last eight games in this league. Mm-hmm. And I think we are in a bit of a rule. I said, I said it on the Laro podcast that momentum is going to be so key when we yeah. return to football. And it just shows, you know, that. Cardiff two back to back wins against teams in the top six, you know. Absolutely, and I said if team wins seven out of the nine games or whatever is left, and fair play to you, you deserve to get, get the playoffs. They've only five, only five win. They need five wins out of the last seven, something like that. Mm. Fair play to him. I think firmly in really, firmly in their hands now. Yeah, absolutely. The other thing that concerns me is obviously our form at Deepdale is pretty crap, and we've gone from being a real hard-to-beat side at home to now, you know, teams are going to enjoy coming to Deepdale. You know, it's 16 games at home since we last kept a clean sheet. We've not kept a clean sheet since September at home. Um, that's concerning. Teams are coming to Deepdale and being able to score. And I, I think first halves especially, you know, in the first half at Deepdale since Huddersfield, so in the last 10 home <laughs> games, we've only scored five goals. When the start of the season, you know, in our first 10 games of the season, we scored 11 goals in the first half of games. Um, it gets worse if you look at the last 10 games in general. We've only scored three goals in the first half. So we've gone from trying to blitz teams and trying to blow teams away in that first 10, 15 minute spell. When we are generally on top of a game mm. to now not being able to score. I think Alex and... Neil's got himself into a bit of a rut because every single press conference, he mentions how important the first goal is. Yeah. And he's too scared to concede that first goal. And invariably, we end up conceding. recently conceding that first goal. And then, how many times has he said, "If you concede first, you're probably not going to win the game"? It's um, it's a bit of a vicious circle, really. 
But just just on Alex Neal as well. Just going back to Deepdale quickly. We're just not making the pitch as big as we as we did at Deepdale. There's no width to our play. Uh, you look at the average positions yesterday. I don't know who scored, and we're, we're narrow again. Yeah. In, in in the forward areas, you know, we're, we're reliant on our fullbacks for width, uh, but our front three as such come really narrow, mm-hmm. um, which is a concern because, especially against a team like Cardiff, when they are yeah. good in, in a core in the core area through the middle of the park, um, you know, even bringing on like Marlon Pack, you know, as a sub. Alan Pack's an established championship midfielder that will just control a game from the middle of the park, you know, mm-hmm. and I don't think we have that option from the bench, you know, strength in depth. I know we're coming on to recruitment in part two, but that probably doesn't help Alex Neal either, that we don't yeah. actually have the players that can influence a game positively. I think, I think Brownie uh, really struggles when he plays alongside Pearson as well. Just for me, in terms of progressing the ball, it's not really his strength. I think his strength's more final third entries. Box entries. Yeah. Um, and I think he uh, struggled quite badly yesterday, Brownie. I don't want to say this, but I'm going to. I think the weight of the armband got to him yesterday. You know, being captain at home in, in an empty stadium where you can't, when you're not exactly a, you're not exactly a, a born leader. Um, you know, I, I know Tom Clark has his critics, but he was a leader and mm. you knew what you're getting. You've got someone who can. Mm. really lead and motivate your team I don't see that really in Alan Brown you know as much as I like him as a player yeah. you want your captain to be someone that's going to lead your team especially okay. in a situation like yesterday and I think that expectation when you've, your skipper is a centre midfielder and it is up and down you know you don't see Alan Brown talking to referees like a like a Hunts or like a, a Ben Pearson or Piero I'd, I'd argue there. even ben, ben Davis does it yeah and I don't mind it when Ben Davis is captain because at least he's vocal. I think I just yeah. felt it, that expectation of your captain probably got to Alan Brown a bit yesterday. It probably did affect his game as well. He's, is that something we're missing? Is that something we're missing in the squad in general? Leadership. I definitely think so. Now he's lost. I Tom think Clark. it. I think it is as well. I think you can sign. So we've signed obviously Bauer, Nugent. We got Galley, and then yeah, yeah. Sinclair as well, all experienced, but you won't call them natural leaders, would you? No. Um, I think Hunts is probably Hunts, Hunts and Galley are probably the two, aren't they? But even then, even I wouldn't Galley, say. I wouldn't really. Galley's Galley, not. Galley controls the game, but he's, you know, I don't think he's someone who's gonna. I don't think he's necessarily necessarily sort of material. Yeah, he's not so well. I don't know. Just are you going to yeah, run, run, run through walls for Galley as a, as a player? Is it, if you're having a bad game, is it the person that's going to motivate you to, to perform better? I don't know. Probably might be, yeah. actually. You know, he's 35. He's been there, done that. He's got a T-shirt. He does seem to be yeah. quite vocal. You know, he'll take one for the team when he has to. If he has to hack someone down when, they, when they're going to one goal, he'll do it. You know, he, can't, he has got that side to his game, which uh, a leader should have, you know, in terms of actually leading by example. Um, I what Patrick Bauer should have done for the second goal yesterday. He should have just took the man out. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think we've covered that enough, to be honest. I yeah, think the two I mean, centre-halves yeah. at the minute have, have been... Yeah, I think you know yesterday highlighted the importance of having two informed centre-halves, or at least one of them informed, because I don't think either of them have hit the ground running in these past two games. If Ben's still injured, then that would give him a very slight excuse. 
Um, but there's no excuse for Pat. And I wouldn't be surprised if he did put Hunts in on Wednesday. I know that sounds strange, putting Hunts back in, but you get you, they're very similar types of centre-halves. Um, I think it said a lot yesterday, putting Hunts on the bench instead of Story, given their... Again, it's it's concentrating on Cardiff rather than us. Mm-hmm. You know, thinking about what they can do. You know, where's... I looked at the bench yesterday and I'm like, where's the pace there? Where's where's your little bit of a spark? If, if you're 1-0 down, what's going to change the game? Because it isn't Nugent, you know. Well, the spark was Bowden, but he didn't come on. <laughs> That's what I mean. Harriet was on for eight minutes or whatever it was again. So how can you... How can you positively impact the game when you're not getting the game time? There's a lot of um, lot of concerns and it's probably it's probably too much to go into. Um, but we've got seven games to try and put it right and at least go into the end of the season positively. I, I think I would I kind of agree with you. I wouldn't be surprised if you made some changes, Jimmy. Can't see. I can only see Byron Davis starting to <clears throat> on Wednesday. I think you've just got to got playing together. I think I'd stick with him, but. If he, if because people were saying Wyatt, Ledson, or Bayliss or whoever not playing, but then if he throws them in and we get beat anyway, then we'll be back to oh, well, he's tinkering with the team that's done so well this season. Can't can't win really, can he? Oh. Yeah, go on, but you can't. Bauer in general has had a great season, and yeah, like I say, if he drops in now and then Hunts comes in, say Hunts has a bad game, then I'll be why is he fucking about with the team? Yeah. Yeah, I think um, I think you've got to stick with them too. But just going back to the first goal, it's something. Obviously, Ben Davis has brought him down, which he probably has to. To be fair, but it's goes back to something that I wrote about on Friday, and Alex Neil would have known this. You can't play square passes against Cardiff because uh, he set traps. The wonder ball and the attack direct, and that's how the first goals come about. Ben Davis had to bring him down, which, to be fair to Ben, he, he was he was he has been poor the last last couple of games. I think he has to bring him down, really. Um, and then the free kick. Joe, um, yeah, Rolls scored a similar goal against Wigan at the back post. Always goes into that area. It's Darnell's main weakness, I'd probably say, uh, really at the back post. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I think you said it yesterday, Jimmy. How many is that now that we've conceded from the second phase of a set piece? Yeah, it's been a lot this season in the second phase of play. We're, we're yeah. all right at defending the first phase because we tend to have 11 players back in the box. Second phase, we just don't know what to do. Yeah. It's like we can't get out. It's just it's just a really poor goal. I think looking back at that foul of Ben Davis's, it's quite a naughty tackle, actually. Yeah. Um, I, I thought it, it, when you look, watch it back, especially from the reverse angle, it's. it's Pretty dirty, um, but yeah, it had to be done. It's just yeah. a shame we didn't do it for the second goal, you know, and, t- and take the book in there. Second goal is an absolute mess from a defensive point of view. Oh, yeah. Tomlin's done really well to be fair, it's up a great position. And this is probably he just one plays of... that little one too with Mendes Lang, doesn't he? Yeah, but he's, he's drawn Ben Davis out, and then Bowers occupied by. I think it's Glatzel and no no one's followed Mendes Lang and then I was just got across too late. So the thing the thing with that for me is Mendes Lang's come pretty much from a right back position with the ball. Played a one two with like like you said with Bauer and, and Davis, but how's Mendes Lang got that far up the pitch without being challenged? Yeah, you could look at it both ways. Good play from them, but it's shocking from us, isn't it? Mm. So and then the third one, Bowers <laughs> Neil said he slips, but it's just far too easy that. It's just 
it, it, what 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 wound, not wound me up, but what annoyed me a little bit was that he spent a bit more time looking at the referee when he was on the floor as opposed to just getting up and getting on with it. Yeah, a little thing as well, Ben Davis. Ben Davis, Bowers just got caught. It's mm. poor. It's yeah. so but it's, it, it was just the way for me that he just immediately looked straight at the ref when he was on all fours. But just yeah. get on with it. Yeah, exactly. Just get You've been done. You've been done. It, it bounced in it. I think it bounced and that's yeah, where he got it. caught. It bounced over him, yeah. Yeah, well, attack the ball. Don't just don't let it bounce. That's the first thing you ever say to a centre half. It doesn't matter if they're fucking eight years old. Don't let yeah. the ball bounce. Yeah, I think, I think you said it in your ratings yesterday, didn't you, Ollie? It was like the worst worst he's done for winning aerial aerials yesterday. Yeah, but I think that's it's more to do for me. I said it to you last week, Jake. First half power, um, a few bounces of the ball and stuff. It's just I think the rhythm's way off for Bauer. Probably the same for Ben Davis as well. Just little things. They probably just needs a few games, but you can't afford to be not not a hundred percent. Obviously, with seven games to go, but it's. I mean, Ben Davis has turned away again, um, and it's deflected off him. Turned away last week, and it's done it quite a few times this season. It's just a little little weakness of Ben's. But um, I've seen a few people give him a run, a few penalties because he conceded three yesterday. But I don't think he could do anything about any of the goals. To be honest, I think it's just. You've got to look deeper than just to keep conceding three goals. But um, I thought Hughes had a good game, to be fair to him. Yeah. But he did fine. Um, and obviously, Darnell just maybe just couldn't see the 90 minutes out. But yeah, we just can't keep a clean sheet, like Jimmy said. We need to score two goals to win a game. And we can't do that. Yeah, so it's, um, it's, it's, it's hard to see how, how we get out of this. Yeah, it is. We're getting out of part one, though. It's time for a brew. Sound. Cheers, boys. Thank you. the From the Finney podcast. Uh, in this part, we're going to start on recruitment. Could be quite a long one. And uh, then we've got a couple of listener questions and then we'll look ahead to the Derby game on Wednesday. Um, over to you, Jimmy. I'll let, I'll let you take me. it from here. Ah, oh, this is going to be a good section, isn't it? Let's be honest. Right, so um, recruitment at the club is something that is a massive concern for me, to be honest. Um, our recruitment since... Alex Neal's come to the club's been pretty shabby. Um, and since head of recruitment Joe Savage came to the club, I'd say it's been absolutely appalling. Um, just to put it into perspective, Alex Neal spent more money over the past two and a half years than the previous four managers combined on fees. Four managers being? Um, being, now you put me on the spot here, Simon Grayson, Graham Wesley, Phil Brown and Darren Ferguson. So you're going back to, what, 2009? There. So the previous eight years, Alex Neal spent that much money in two and a half years. Um, we paid for 16 players during that time, which is more than the last three managers combined. Um, to, to give you a bit of an idea, Simon Grayson only paid for 10 players. The most expensive purchase we made was Stevie May. Um, <laughs> but the vast yeah. <laughs> But the vast majority of Simon Grayson's signings were yeah. on free transfers or under hundred thousand pound. 
I'm being bold well for Joe Savage, does it? When you say in the shop, recruitment's been shambolic, but Simon Grayson's most expensive signing is Stevie May. Well, I think it, if you put it into perspective, I think it just shows what a great job Simon Grayson did in the transfer yeah. market. Yeah, um, he was clever in the loan window as well. Um, in the three seasons Alex Neal's been here, we've made four loan signings. Um, we tended to make that more than that every year under Simon Grayson. And you look at the players that were brought in on loan. Stiffy Mavadidi in year one didn't last more than six months. Brandon Barker and Lucas Nemechel in year two and then Andre Green again didn't last more than six months this year. Um, you look at teams inside the top six and their utilisation of the, the loan market and even you could probably say in the top 12 as well if you look at teams such as Swansea bringing in the likes of Gallagher, the lad up front from Liverpool. Um, you know, they've utilised the, the loan market where we simply haven't. You know, we don't have a loan player at the club at the moment. Um, just to come back on to Simon Grayson, you know, look at in the year that we did get promoted out of League One into the Championship, we paid money for two players, DJ and Hugel, for a combined £75,000 in the Championship. He only actually paid for seven players. He paid for Greg Cunningham, which was peanuts. Ben Pearson, which was... No, we paid a very small fee for him from Bristol City. Um, ben Pearson and Liam Grimshaw from Man United, both for under for under £100,000. Ben Pearson was arguably £100,000. Um, and then we paid over the odds for Stevie May. Um, and that's the most expensive purchase he made. He also made good loan signings that season in Pickford and Adam Reach. Adam Reach was phenomenal that first season of the Championship. And then the second year, he brought in Tyus Browning on loan, Big Simon, um, Alex Baptiste and then Aidan McGeady on loan. And you can say that all four of those played a big part in the season. I, I, I wouldn't say Browning did, really. Well, he did at the start, but then obviously he petered off, didn't he? He had a good start, and then first two or three games maybe, but then but you could say Big, si- Big Simon scored a natural at Bournemouth, yeah. scored an important goal at Bristol City. Um, you know, Alex Baptiste was... I thought he was really steady good for player. Us. Yeah, steady player. Yeah, and then obviously Aidan McGeady is probably the best midfielder that the majority have seen in an all shirt in many yeah. many years. In his second year, his permanent signings weren't great. He signed Owen Doyle, Ben Pringle, and um, Marnik, who probably didn't have the impact that you want. But if you, when he's paid money for ten players, and you can probably say that. Five, maybe six of them have made a real positive impact and you're picking up Callum Robinson on a free transfer. Do we not, do we not have to pay something for him at a tribunal? Who? Robert. Callum. Robinson, we paid Probably. compensation. Yeah. Wasn't more. compensation. He, was, he was under, he was under <laughs> 24, <laughs> wasn't he? Right, so a very small amount, probably at a tribunal. But it's, I think it, the concern is for me that we've, we spent money under Simon Grayson and that tended to pay off if you look at the players who've actually paid for under Alex Neal you can probably say that Darnell for between 20 and 50 grand depending on what you want to believe from Rotherham because it was a very nominal fee and then probably Andrew Hughes for 200 grand from Peterborough are the only two that have really impacted the first 11 um, it's harsh on Louis um, because obviously with his injury and everything but there's just a lot of wasted cash that we've spent, in my opinion. And I think it's 
it's really concerning for me the fact that there's not a return on investment in a lot of these signings. You know, I look at the one and a half million pound we paid for bad parts, especially with the crash of the transfer market that's about to happen. We ain't getting one and a half million pound back for him. Same with Jaden Stockley. You're not getting 750 grand back for him. So there's a lot that concerns me in terms of our way of, of working the transfer market. You know, Alex Neal's had more money to, to spend that, since Alan Irving. Um, and he spent big in that first season that he came in. He, he spent five and a half million pounds on Darren Carter, Richard Chaplow, Kevin Nichols. He spent three quarters of a million pounds on Neil Chopman, who couldn't read a tactics board. Um, you know what I mean? It's like he spent a lot of money that season, and that's the most money we've spent since, well, 12 years ago now. So I'm just concerned, especially with all the players that are out of contract next summer, which people are now waking up to. We're in a bit of a predicament here. And the fact that our, our recruitment has been appalling for players that have paid money for, because, you know, Patrick Bauer, it was a free transfer, and it, both him and Darnell are the only two that have impacted our first 11. So, and Hughes. Hughes and Hughes, yeah. Hughes is a decent sign for 200 grand. But... He was a league more one ambitious left-back left with him as well. Yeah. Yeah. He's a, he's a league one left-back that stepped up, and he's done a, an okay job. I know not everybody's a big fan of his, but he's better than Rafferty. He's not. He's not fit to lace Greg's boots, unfortunately. So, yeah. um, just just one thing, a couple of things to caveat that. I think Simon Grayson, as you said, did great recruitment. But he, I think the squad that he left has been much harder to improve than the squad that he inherited. So, I think that's the first thing I'd say. So, um, and especially now, just with the inflation of transfer fees. I think it's getting harder and harder for a club like us to improve the first 11. Now, I know we've not spent anywhere near enough. We're happy to sell in the market, but we're not happy to buy in it, um, which I understand is, shock, is not good enough from the club's point of view. Um, and also the low market. I know for a fact that we wanted Conor Gallagher, Rian Brewster. We're quite far down the line with that. And in Neil's first season, we were quite far down the line with Harry Wilson, who's obviously now playing in the Prem. I think in terms of the loan market, they don't work because they're getting second-class loans who are probably probably League One ready at that stage of their career. So like Andre Green, he's, he's out of contract at Villa in summer. Is he really going to get a championship club? Probably not. Brandon Barker's in Scotland now. Steffi Mavadidis went to UV because he's probably got the best. Mavadidis. Is he in France? He's on loan at Dijon, I think. Dijon. Got a few goals and getting a bit of interest, but I think he said he wants to come back to England. Yeah, I just think at that stage of his career, it was far too early to be making an impact at Championship. So I think with the loans, I think Alex Neal's hands are tied to that extent there. Because obviously, we just won't pay the penalty fees or whatever it is for the sort of top-end loans. So that rules us out straight away. And then... I've just got a list of players that I know for a fact that there's been interest and it's been pulled from above him. So, Kiefer Moore, Kieran Freeman, Max Lowe, Hugh Gill, Sam Gallagher, Brewster, Jake Bidwell, Casey Palmer, Adam Armstrong and even Tony. So, Alex Neal's wanted to sign all of them at some point in the last three years. Selena as well, who's at Swansea. 
There's so, no doubt that they would have improved the first team. If you take uh, any of them, are better than what we've ended up with. So I get your point, Jimmy. That the recruitment has been shocking. And obviously, it falls on Neil, who's, when you're looking at signings, you categorise them by which manager signed them. But no one's telling me that he wanted to sign Josh Ginelli. No disrespect. Do you know what I mean? So it's, 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 it, I think you have to look at it both ways to an extent. But the, the issue for me is why are we making those signings then? So why are we signing just squad players? Because we've spent, we've spent nearly £7 million now under Alex Neil. Yeah. For majority of whom are squad players, or they're not improving the first team. You know, we're we're, we're wasting money mm. in essence. Uh, you know, yeah, I, I do we're, agree. We're we're wasting money. Surely and, it comes back onto your it's false economy. Your, it's your false former economy. best mate, Jimmy Trevor Hemmings. Well, yes and no because I'm, I'm, Trevor's not making every signing. You know, yes, I, I believe that Nugent is a Trevor Hemmings led signing or a Craig Hemmings led signing, but I don't believe that Trevor Hemmings has said, "Let's get fucking Michael Crowen or Josh Janelli or Joe Rafferty or Connor Simpson." You know, I know it's only fifty grand, but what a fucking waste of money Connor Simpson was! What a waste of two hundred fifty grand Graham Burt was! What you know, what a waste of three hundred grand Connor Ripley was! You know, it's like why we don't need to be spending this money. Mm. It's bit, we've been, and it probably comes back to my frustration over the past 18 months that we've been crying out for a striker since Jordan Hugo left. You know, in the first season, Alex Neal was here and we've still not replaced him, really. We've brought in Louis Moll and he's probably been unlucky. His best year was his second year here. Stockley's not good enough and we've spent three quarters of a million pounds on him. <clears> you know, Jordan's story is, is one for the future, they say, for three quarters of a million pounds. Ryan Ledson the same, three quarters of a million pounds for a player for the future. Read the same about Tom Bayless this week, one point two million pounds up front fee for one for the future. Well, I'm not being funny, but unless these players start getting played, that's two point seven million pounds that we've wasted on three players for the future. The stock value is actually going down because they're not playing and the stock market and the, the market's crashed. What's the point in paying why are we investing the money for something that might happen in the future? You know, it's like it's like buying a premium bond. You know, you've put a thousand pound in a premium bond. You might get a payout of some description in the future, but you might just get your thousand pound back. You know, it's just it just doesn't make sense the way that we are attacking recruitment at the minute. We're letting kids go out of the academy because we don't have an under twenty three team because we're not willing to fund one. But we're we're bringing in players that aren't good enough. They're not top six championship players. You know, you look at the eighteen players that we've. We've signed under Alex Neal. You know, we've paid money for 15 of them, I think. Uh, 14 of them, if you take out Craig. There's only two of them that have improved the squad. And it just frustrates me that we're spending money for we're spending money's sake, really. And Alex Neal's had more money than any manager in the past 10 years. So I, I do look at Joe Savage and I do look at Alex Neal to a certain extent because we're not bringing in the talent that we need. It feels like they'd rather spend two lots of 750 grand on two players that are like middle of the pack in our choices rather than spend one half million on the top choice. So if you look at obviously it's just what we've heard and we don't know it for facts, but we believe he wanted Kiefer Moore and they wouldn't pay one half mil, but then go and buy Stockley for half of that. And now we know he's not good enough. It's going to take another probably at least 750 grand to replace him. 
when if we'd just paid for the one he wanted all along, then maybe we wouldn't be in this situation of having to keep replacing players that were cheap. Max Low, Max Low in summer. Mm. Yeah, there's a there's a phrase that I always remember that I got told about ten years ago. It's buy shit, buy twice. Whatever yeah. you're getting, like if you want to get a pair of Donny trainers, then you're going to buy three pairs of them. If you just buy one pair of Adidas, you're going to be absolutely <laughs> fine. It's true though. It's false economy. False economy. Buy shit, buy twice. And it, amazingly, we've. I'm going to play this shit. section of the podcast to my wife. She needs to learn a thing or two about buy shit, buy twice. No, but it's true. And I play well in the hard way. I'm tired as fuck. But I've I've learned that you sort of have to spend money to actually get a bit of quality in life. And that's just like facts of the matter. And it's the same in football. You can take a lot of principles in life into into a football setting. You know, if you're gonna you yeah, you might get the odd gem on a, on a you know, on eBay, you know, for you know, you might get something for a tenner that's worth hundred quid. But generally you're gonna. You've got to spend money to be able to compete, and we we spent a lot of money on players that are shit. We've spent it gonna lose. wrong, like the wrong way almost. Because I don't want to take away from what the club did in terms of getting DJ for fifty grand, Alan Brown ten grand, Robinson less than two hundred. They have found bargains, but like Ollie said, the squad was at a point where it was hard to improve on it without spending it in the right ways in the right areas. And they haven't, they haven't done it. They've but written none of them players. squad players who were, who ultimately will spend most of the time out on loan before the contracts run out and they leave for free. For me, if you look at Casey Palmer, um, you don't have to believe it, but I think Neil went to Casey Palmer. Yeah. Um, as a number 10, I think around the time we signed Graham Burke, it's, he's obviously identified Palmer. He's ended up with Burke. So, I mean, there's levels to it, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, and I don't believe it's all his fault. I'm not. I'm not. This is not an Alex Neil bashing by me by any stretch of the imagination. I just think that there's an issue. There is a big issue here. Do you think it's um like a trust issue as well of bringing in sort of them lower quality players and just never trusting them, so they're never going to play, sort of thing? Possibly. So I, maybe he has to look at that and trust the squad more. You know, it comes, back think... to his, comes back to his team now, doesn't it? Really, he's playing the t- he's playing the players he trusts, and yeah. he, he's he's whilst he's spent money, in, you know, he's spent significant money since he's been here. It's only two players that are, are impacting his eleven. Yeah, mm. I do feel to just... some extent the fact that we had a better strike force in League One. You, know, we, we, you can argue against that, but no one's going to convince me otherwise. And again, stop, please, just. It's not a championship striker. Obviously, Neil has signed him. But then, if he wants a striker, he doesn't have any other options. You know, I don't I don't know. As a manager, if if, if someone from above says it's Stockley or nothing and you've got you've already got nothing, then you, you're obviously I don't think it's say... I don't think it's as black as white as black and white as Stockley or nothing. Obviously we're never going to do it, but look abroad. I mean it's 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 probably worth mentioning, but then again it's probably not because it's just never gonna happen. But you can't, you can't keep saying, well, the English market's too hard for a club like Preston to compete in yeah. and then not look outside it because you just, mm. you just by choice, you're just hamstringing yourself, whatever you want to call yeah. it. You're just limiting yeah. yourself to a market you can't compete in, which means you end up... I've said before how the recruitment has gone down this path of signing players who are both not good enough for the championship now and have no resale value in the future. 
and there's too many of these signings coming in when in the past, even okay, maybe it's easier to find those players in League One, but there were players coming in who were going to make an impact there and then. And there was also players like the Browns, the Hugels, who were being brought in for the future. And you could see a clear strategy of what they were doing. And now, I, d- I don't know what it is. As like, well, when you bring in them players in, like you say, like the Browns and the Hugels, it's comparatively, it's pittance when you're paying 25 grand and 10 grand. If it doesn't think, work out, it, it's not broken the bank. Whereas if Bayless doesn't work out, it's why one point two million. I think the market, the, the market, the market has changed even since 2015. I'd say as yeah. well. But you'd never be able to sign a player like Hugel for ten grand anymore. It just wouldn't happen. Look at Simpson, seventy-five grand from Hartlepool. I mean, so at that level, like we could never sign a player like Carl Robinson now for however much you signed him for. Firstly, because there'd be other clubs at, at the level interested in him, and secondly, I just think the fees would just be something that we weren't prepared to do, which probably comes down to Trevor Hemmings. But it's... Uh, I've been a big so advocate not, of Trevor Hemmings. But when he's not letting Alex Neal sign... Do you think Alex Neal has ever signed a first-choice player? I don't I don't know. That's the thing. I, I don't know. Probably, I don't, probably Patrick Bauer. But I'm not yeah. sure if he's ever signed anyone else who was his first-choice player. So your, your hands are always going to be tied to a certain extent. So maybe the scouting yeah. needs to be better to find better players within our within our... Budget or within our wet, yeah, whatever, something like that. So it's, it's it is a is a tricky one because you can you can blame obviously Neil, you can blame the recruitment, you can blame Trevor Hemmings. So it's it in our, all honesty, it probably is just a mix of all three. Just yeah. And it's it's funny because Joe Savage came to the club with a quite a good reputation. There was talk that Southampton wanted to replace him as their technical director, wasn't it, at some point, you know, in terms of obviously his reputation in the game. Yeah. So I I don't believe that the blame should be purely put on the head of recruitment at the manager's door because at the end of the day, if he's not getting backed, he's not getting backed. But I I just think we can be better as a club. And and that goes, you know, obviously we've probably seen the rumour about Mark Duffy signing from Sheffield United on a free transfer over the past 24 hours. Have um, you not seen that? Either? I've not seen that. No. All right. Okay. So uh, Blades Analytic tweeted something about North End yesterday, and Mark Duffy quote tweeted it with the eye emoji, and then yeah, and Analytic replied to him and said, "I'll take ten percent, Duffers." I mean, he's a yeah. good, he's a good player, but starting eleven, or is he going to be worth more in the future? And to me, he takes neither box. And that's he's got he's a decent enough player, but why? Like the last six months in Holland, though, I think he's, he's probably done at this level. Yeah, it's from round here, isn't it? He was very good in Sheffield United's promotion season, but then that's getting on to two years, you know, more than more than twelve months to go. Yeah, so yeah, so th- th- that concerns me because it just feels like our recruitment is a little bit scattergun. You know, we don't really have a, a philosophy or a structure or a strategy like a Brentford have, for example. Um, or, or Bristol City, you know, and I always come back to them too as examples because the, realistically, they're very similar sized clubs to what we are. They get similar attendances, or they did until Bristol City started sort of chucking money at it in Steve Lansdowne's case. And that's probably the clubs we should be competing with. You know, mm. I know Brentford get the pick of the London, you know, rejects, if you want to call them, but there's the nothing to stop us going down that path. They're working France, is it? Unbelievable, Brentford. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I once spoke to the lad who does their recruitment in France, and 
some of the players they've picked out is unbelievable. Like yeah. Mope and Ben Rama probably set them back was it like two, two and a half million combined. And now it's they got twenty mil for Mope and Ben Rama's probably gonna go for twenty plus. Yeah. Yeah. And the scouting in fact isn't gonna cost an arm and a leg. Because even if they've only got two or three scouts out there, and they're probably scouting for other teams as well, or they might be just purely working for the club, you're probably looking at the cost. It's the cost of Connor Simpson, you know, to find someone of that ilk in a, in a foreign land. You know, what we're not doing, we don't do any work on the continent. That you can't sustain a business model without looking outside of your own four walls. You know, you, you're fishing in the same pond, thinking the, you're going to get thing, a fucking different is, fish. Then, and I know we, we well, we, in fact, we have mentioned it before, is the Brexit issue. We don't know what's going to happen. That was an excuse, ignoring it for the past five years, though, is it? But you can't change it now. Ireland's as far as we'll go, because it's over a bit of water. That's as far as we'll go. So, <coughs> it's... Uh, but one thing I would say is, I think Alex Neal will be getting a lot more out of that Bristol City team than Lee Johnson is. 100%. And, and if you're Steve Lansdowne, why wouldn't you look at someone like Alex Neal? As your next manager, because he's just a dick. The guy is the guy's got small man syndrome, and yeah. he's let's be honest, he hasn't done well with that team. The money he's with, had available, he linked with the Burnley job a couple of days ago. Yeah, so me, can you imagine him going to Burnley? He's seen as quite, he's seen as quite a trendy manager. He's one of them. It's it's it's, it's a weird media media thing in it, like because yeah. they beat Man United a couple of years ago. They gave City a decent game. Paul Robinson all over again. Yeah, mm. but the the difference going back to the point about Brentford and Bristol City, they've both got billionaire, I would guess, owners like we have. So Matthew Benham at Brentford and Steve Lansdowne at Bristol City, they've put in struct like they've funded a full structure of scouting and recruitment and development. Like Brentford scrapped their. I, forget, I think it was the under-23s, and yeah. created their own B team, and they play teams from around Europe to give their players so much experience against teams on the continent and all over the place. They recruit well from Scandinavia and France and everywhere, and we don't even have an under-23 team. That's, yeah. that's the other thing, isn't it? There's no, there's no clear path for, for any youngsters coming through. Like we've seen it the other day with all the releases, mm. and like there's already murmurings that Tyree Stolen's getting a deal with a championship club. He has got a deal with the championship, yeah, a two year deal. Jack Armour's got a deal with the League One club. What are we doing? Yeah, what what are we doing? I don't I don't get Corcoran it. Corcoran was another one who was highly rated, wasn't he? Yeah, when he arrived from Ireland a couple of years ago, yeah, yeah. Um, it's just very frustrating. The, yeah, there isn't think, a pathway or a structure in place, and it comes back down to the it, you know you could say it comes back down to the recruitment. It runs through the club, really. You know the the fact there is that lack of structure. If you're a young player, you know once you get to eighteen, because you know apart from Josh Earl, who obviously spent last six months, well last twelve months out on loan, hasn't it really? If you include the Bolton loan, no one's really coming through. You know Ben's been a first team regular now since 2015, so. When Ben yeah, Davies signed a new deal, the replies in the tweet when Northland announced it were all like, "Why have we bothered giving him a new deal? Like, you've got give him a chance. We've give we give Ben a chance. You know why? Is, you know we're not giving players a chance in the first team. Ethan Walker is crying out for first team appearance. I was just going to say, I would much rather see Ethan Walker given a chance than us say bring back Janelli and give him a go. Yeah, yeah. It, like Ethan Walker looks to have something about him. 
even even if you just watch his goal against Blackburn in the FA Youth Cup, any it, any of his goals at youth level, proper moment of quality. Mm. And instead, like I say, I'm just worried they're going to keep going for these players like Ginelli, and then yeah. Walker will probably fade away. Adam O'Reilly is another odd one. He's been for the probably the best part of 12, 18 months now. He's been highly highly thought of. Barely been given a shot. He's been sent out on loan to like Staley Bridge, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think I think we've got two big issues with like fringe players if you want to call them. I think the first one is we can't we can't seem to get get them into League Two clubs, so they're having to go down to Lancaster, Staley Bridge, uh, clubs like that. And the second one is I think the squad itself isn't good enough to allow certain players who could probably benefit from a loan to go out on loan to a decent club. I think Ledson could probably get a loan to a decent League One club. Yeah. If he was we had still out on loan in January, wasn't he? And we pulled the Yeah, ball. apparently, yeah. Deadline day, deadline day, yeah. Probably Story as well would benefit from a season at League One level. How but, many minutes has Ledson played since then? Exactly. But the thing is, Alex Neil probably feels like he needs to have him around just as a body. So, But even when Pearson was out against QPR, he played Brown in yeah. that. So, and that's what it, it it's the same as the Rafferty thing Ollie's looking at Rafferty now he's always going to be Brown's always going to be ahead of him now just because it's Alan Brown and Alan Brown's very good very good um, I think he'll, he'll make a decent right back but I think it boils down to trusting 14-15 players mm. and I think I've fought this all season and I wrote about it in the coronavirus piece um, which is why I was worried about trust in the squad because I just don't think he trusts the players and you could say that he's signed the players so maybe it is an Alex Neal problem like the likes of Ledson, Rafferty, um, Harrop even even though he actually didn't sign Harrop did he? No. Um, but it's, it's it's I think we probably are stuck in a bit of a rut in terms of recruitment. I don't know how much coronavirus will change things um, See, Kieran, Kieran Maguire said obviously quite a lot about the transfer market but stuff that I've seen in the papers things in the Prem don't seem yeah elite level is a different but, kind of fish for, yeah Prem is its own bubble isn't it you can ignore that it's nothing to do with Prem nothing to do with the Prem but surely that's going to trickle down to an extent nah. because if they're buying players from championship clubs then they're <laughs> going to have a bit of money to spend no, I don't think are they going to be buying players from championship clubs I've not yeah. seen a single not seen a single one I, I think the, the elite. Yeah, Ben has been linked with Chelsea, boys. Could be a Premier League player anyway next year because Brentford are flying. Well, he's mm. five points off second. Yeah, now. very true. Yeah. I don't think we're so, going to see the likes of um, teams spending 20, 25 million on players like Darren Bowen. I just can't see it personally. I yeah. think we're going to see a lot more swaps. So I think I've seen today QPR and West Ham. I've seen a rumour of a swap between Easy and Hugo plus a bit of money. So. And that would be a good deal for West Ham, as much as I love Hugo. Yeah. So I, I can't see, I just can't see um, elite level spending trickling down to championship level. Just can't see it at all. Not at all. No, it's not going to happen for me. I, I imagine we'll be looking at like probably local players in lower three, leagues. Three three and whatever. Yeah. I think that that's always been our pot, on it? We've always we've always fished in the League One and League Two pot. There's only so many times we can go back to that pond and get get different fish. 
thing is, yeah, I'm, think- fi- I'm fine with it if there's like a clear plan where it's young players who have potential. But when it's like Rafferty, who's 25, Stockley, who's 25, like I say, just in this middle bit where they're not good enough to improve the squad, are not going to be worth anything in the future. I don't yeah. see that. I think a big issue for me as well is the, um, the academy under 23, whatever we want to call them, players from Prem. I think that's become inaccessible for us now and that's probably what a large part of the initial development under Simon Grayson came from. So Daniel Johnson came through, Robinson, obviously Rudd came through Norwich. We had Sam Johnson on loan, probably a couple of those that I'm forgetting as well. Pearson came from United, obviously. I just can't see us being able to do that kind of thing. And a lot of them players are where the resale value has come from. Yeah. United so have probably a bunch of players, so I'm interested to see if we... Yeah, yeah. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah, is maybe. Tanner the, is it Tanner the full-back and then um, O'Hara the keeper that United have released? Yeah. Dimitri think... Mitchell, uh, a few yeah. midfielders as well. Just only put it back, Ryan Ledson, mate. Since that um, deadline day deal got pulled, he's made one sub appearance for nine minutes against in the QPR yeah. defeat. But I bet he's been on the, on the bench nearly every time, he? which is where the problem lies. He's going to be on the bench, but he's never going to be trusted to play. So it's yeah. um, in that aspect, it probably does boil down to Alex Neal because you're stalling their careers. Mm. Story, stories, the same. Ledson's the same. So you, you are stalling their careers to an extent, and they're not going to improve. Yeah, you can't you can't expect them to be a championship player if you're not if they're not going to get game time. It's just it's the, the Bayless one for me is a bit different because I think I don't think Bayless was brought in as a future signing. He was brought in to play. I think obviously Neil hasn't, hasn't fancied his attitude or whatever. Again, probably comes down to trusting him to do the defensive side of the game. Um, so him to earlier this season, Neil said that he was like somebody else that had just the switch had like flicked in training and that he finally got it and then he got injured, which meant that. When Not was, sure, but it wouldn't surprise me if it was Robinson. I don't know if it was. I think it was Robinson. Because Neil didn't fancy Robinson, if you remember, for the first few months. Mm. Neil didn't fancy Robinson. Um, but yeah, he's not been on the bench, has he? Was he on the bench yesterday? I don't no. think he was. Not in the squad. Travelled, I think, to Luton, didn't he? But he wasn't in the squad. If it, if this was... I don't know. Maybe they could have loaned him back to Coventry for a bit because they've just had a great season and got promoted. You put him in an environment where, he, where he's playing and knows it and in a successful yeah. team. Did, did Mark Robbins not? Where... I'm sure Mark Robbins came out and said there was maybe again something about his training and his attitude in training and that he, he wanted players who wanted to be there and that basically alluding to the fact that Bayless is a bit of a prat in training. Mm. But is it just going to be another Simon Whaley that's got bags of potential? But attitude lets him down, and and you know the actual application of it. Because let's be honest, he's been here for a year now. He's not he's not played a minute in the championship. He's only played in cups. Yeah, I think so, I just quickly say on the emergency loan thing has probably hindered us as as much as it's hindered any club um, at the level, just because we're probably not prepared to send players like Bayes and Ledson out for six months. In case something happens. Just in case, yeah. Because that's probably where we're at. And I know it's not good enough. But that's, that's, and it works the same the other way. Probably, I think Robertson was signed as an emergency loan um, back in 2015, yeah. maybe 2014, actually. 2014. 
Um, so we just can't do them kind of loans anymore. But yeah, I think as, as we start seeing now the Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Tuesdays, then you start getting concerned if they, this wasn't involved. Because got nothing to lose now. Let's be honest. Got nothing to lose now as a, as a, as a no. attack in the last seven games because we because we've already lost it. We need we need to change things up moving forward without a doubt. On a, on and off the pitch. Yeah. So. Right, should we move on to these listener questions? Yeah. First up, we've got Bob from at Preston Updates underscore on Twitter, who has joined us on the pod quite a bit in the past. Uh, here's his question. Hi guys, less than 5% of our goals have been scored by a striker. Is it time to use the diamond with Sinclair and Barkey up front? Could this solve our lack of goal threat? So I'd seen that stat yesterday. I did a bit of digging this morning. It's actually not that true as a stat. Um, I think the stat that was flying around was that defenders have scored more goals than our forwards this year, which is simply not true. So our defenders have scored three goals. Uh, Bauer's got two and Rafferty's got one. Depends which way you look at our forwards, if you include Maguire or not. If you don't include Maguire, then Nugent, Malt and Stockley have scored four goals, which is 7.7%. Um, obviously, if you include Maguire's goals, um, you're looking at eight goals, which is 15%. It's still nowhere near good enough. How many Hugel scored this season? <laughs> probably, probably more than our defenders and attackers combined, mate. But, um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we rely on midfield for goals and we know that. We know we're relying on the wide players and whoever's playing in the 10 or the advanced eight position for goals. Um, you know, we've scored, if you include Maguire as a midfielder, we've scored 45 goals out of the 52 in the league from midfield or the wide players, which is alarming that we're reliant on those sort of five players for all our goals. Um, yeah. It highlights our lack of striker options as well. Um, and I'm not going on about it because I've, I've said enough about it already, but we've been crying out for a striker for two and a half years and we've still not got one. So that's, you know, the be all and end all. Our striking options are shit. And that stat was inaccurate. So Would you, would you, would, would you go to a diamond, Jimmy? Would I go to a diamond? said it last week. So last week, mate, we're crying out for pace up front. We yeah. were crying out for pace against Cardiff because the thing is against Cardiff yesterday, if we force them back, if we play pacey players, they can't play such a high line mm-hmm. because all it takes is one player out the back four to not be in the shape to yeah. play that player on and you're 1v1. And when you're playing pacey players, you'll see teams sit deeper naturally because they can't, risk it more than anything and then you push yourselves higher up the pitch if you're playing starkly up front you only have to look at Cardiff's back line of how high they were on the on who scored in terms of the player positions they're so high up the pitch because they're, they're able to and it's really frustrating because we could see it you said it in your tactical piece in terms of what what we should do but instead we play Stockley up front, who just is ineffective. He was a lamb to the yeah. slaughter yesterday. Put Barkey up, or even Bowden. Even mm-hmm. if you're putting Bowden as the false nine, then at least then you've got somebody who can make those runs that will give us the opportunity to get in behind them. Yeah. Because Imagine. yesterday, it was just shit. It was just shit yesterday. It was, so, it was toothless as a performance, really. The amount of runs Bowden made off the last defender when he played that one game as a striker at Forest. 
It's unbelievable. If you go back and watch it, he's just always making those diagonal runs behind the defender, yeah. getting behind, getting shots in. <clears throat> like I'd I'd want to see it again, even if just for another game, just to see how it goes. Yeah. With the diamond, I'm a bit torn because it worked well at Barnsley, but then failed badly against QPR. But it failed bad- badly because he. Pissed about, he pissed about with it at half time and didn't eat. So, oh, it was just after half time, weren't it? When they equalised, that's when he went to the diamond. But I I suppose you can say that he pissed about with it in that case before the Barnsley game because we'd never played it before. No, but he started the game at Barnsley with it. That's what I mean. Like, Mm -hmm. he tinkered the shape against QPR when we were leading the game. He didn't need to. I I guess he felt that because they played it well at Barnsley, then he could just go to it in the middle of a game, which I guess didn't really work. But, uh, I think just it was four games, but QPR. Just on Bowden doing a little, just a very like small piece looking at our attacking players. If you take the most basic, and this is a very basic calculation, if you take the most basic attacking stats, like shots per 90, shots on targets, dribbles, key passes, attempted assists, Bowden's top per 90. He's creative. You know what you're going to get from Bowden. He doesn't do the defensive side that well. But at and I thought before his injury, whenever it was, thought he was going to be a big player for us, um, Bowden. I think I you, said, you said it at the start of the season, didn't you? Yeah. Sorry, no, go on. I interrupted you then. Oh, you're all right. Uh, just saying, I thought that uh, he played well against Norwich in the FA Cup in January. Yeah. Then I feel like, was that when he got injured and was out after that? He picked up a little, uh, was it his yeah. ankle or something after that? Yeah. Lost all concept of time. Um, yeah. But I'd give him another go. Yeah, and he just offers you something different. He's a, he's a left-footed, he's a left-footed player, which instantly offers you something different, cutting off the right. Yeah, and he can he he can front a defender up. He can, and he can twist him inside out, and he can use he can both take, feet he can as take well. Someone on, can't he? Yeah. For a left footer, it's very rare that you see a left footer so good with both feet at, at, at all level, anyway. Because I know DJ scored with his right foot yesterday, but he's very he's not comfortable on it, is he? But Bill can go either way. Um, and I'd I'd get Bill in the team, me. I think similar to Harrop. I know Harrop's got his fans, and he's got play. He's got people who say he's, he doesn't really contribute. But just change it up. Just like, attack, like we said attack. five minutes ago, we've we've already lost six spots. So yeah, just attack teams. What is there to lose now? And to be fair, maybe not on maybe not on Wednesday. I maybe wouldn't start building. I'm not sure. <clears> um, like Jimmy said, I'd probably be inclined to start Potts. Uh, in that wider position with Barkey up front. Um, but Bowden's got a big part to play for me, just in terms of his attacking output. He, he tries to make things happen. Um, and he's probably dying to get on the pitch and make an impression. Yeah. Well, after not playing for six months, you're going to be, aren't you? Yeah. Exactly. Well, you should be anyway. If you're a professional footballer, you should be wanting to play <clears throat> play the game as much as you can. And he's yeah, got natural just... ability. He's got natural ability, which will probably... We're probably lacking just that natural attacking instincts at the top end of the pitch. So yeah, I'd give I give Bill a run. Yeah, I liked up Forest how he he could both sort of drop into that space between the defence and the midfield, but he also was not afraid to make the run in behind as well. Yeah, like the amount of chances we made in that first half just from Bowden running in behind. So I, yeah. I can't remember. I think both. That. I think <laughs> if you look at both of his goals at the City Ground, Nolly, different goals. The first one, the little uh, finish over the keeper, and then obviously the one at the start of the season. He's he'll, he'll score goals, Bowden. I think if he's played in the right way, and like you said, he 
he was causing havoc for their first half, I think, particularly. Yeah. Um, I remember watching a game that he's, um, their defenders didn't know how to cope because they don't like them kind of players. They like players that they know what they're going to be up against, who they can deal with. So I wouldn't be averse to building up front or on the right. But it comes back to you know, when Maguire burst on the scene, teams didn't know what to expect with him. And it's that little bit of a spark that can really, you know, restart our season, really. It's like, even if you bring Ethan off the bench for 20 minutes, Derby won't know what to expect with Ethan Walker. You know, whether he's good, whether he's ready for the championship and ready to be to be playing in a, a game between two teams in the top 12 of the championship is another question. But until you actually take the gamble, because now we've got nothing to lose. The minute we're looking at 14th in the league again, it, as things stand. You know, because if we keep this form up, then it's not going to end pretty for us this season. You've got we've got to do something differently now before it is too late. Because if you want it, if you want, it, you've got to take a gamble. You know, look at Derby with this young lad that came in last week that scored an match against Millwall on his second start. Sim- you know, yeah, Louis Simply. Simply. You know, they're, they're willing to take a gamble on a player. You know, we've got oh. no players that are under twenty three in our team at the minute. There was that weird rumour a few months ago that they were on about bringing Aaron Bennett up into like first team training at like 15, 16 at North End. The, and the little ginger lad. Yeah, yeah. Was that an Alan Nixon thing? On yeah. Twitter? But yeah. not heard any, any more on that since. No. No, I have not. Um, but I think he's got, he's got to do something differently because otherwise we're just, we're in a boat as it is. Just change it up. Yeah. Do something different. If you if you do what you've always done, you're always going to get the same output, aren't you? Uh, I agree, 100%. Are you ready for your question, Ollie? Uh, yeah, give it a go. So this next question comes from Alex Ingram, who is at AJ Ingram, and the I is a one in Ingram on Twitter. And yeah, in case you're wondering, these intros to these questions have been recorded afterwards. We, uh, we kind of forgot to record one when we were recording the podcast. So apologies for the tardiness. Um, we shall improve moving forward. Hi from the Finney. Do you think Scott Sinclair is going to get better than what we've already seen, or is this as good as it gets? Thanks. It's a good question. Um, about Sinclair, I gave him a four yesterday. Like like Jimmy said, doesn't get involved in the game enough. Uh, and I, I wrote, I don't know if his heart's in it. I don't know if it is. It's hard to say. Obviously, I gave him the benefit of the doubt when he came because he's not played for Celtic for however many months. He doesn't look to me like he's going to want to take the game by a scuff than it. Obviously, all he said before, he's the kind of player that probably won't be in the game, but he'll get moments. And he probably will. In terms of if he's going to get better, for these last seven games, I'm not really sure if he is. To me, he looks like, positionally, he doesn't fully get Alex Neal. He doesn't have much of a connection with Hughes. Probably down to Hughes not wanting to you know, provide the attacking width, but He's got quality. Obviously, he had the penalty shot yesterday. He scored against Luton last week with his only decent chance. Keepers made a good save in the second half yesterday from his shot, from the edge of the box, start of the second half. He has moments, doesn't he? Like, obviously, the world against Swansea. Because we know he's got quality. Mm. I, don't know if it, yeah, I don't know if he's ever going to be hungry, hungry enough. Maybe it's just how he appears on the pitch. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think... I said it last week, I thought he scored four or five goals in his last eight or nine games. I don't think yesterday, obviously, penalty aside, he, didn't, he had 25 touches. 
might get more space on Wednesday. I don't know. But we're relying, we've bought him in on big money for, for us. We're relying on something special. Um, Alex Neal at 25 minutes or whenever the water break was yesterday, desperately trying to get something out of him on the sidelines, uh, on the sky cameras. So maybe Alex Neal feels the same, I'm not sure, but um, definitely need more from him. Yeah, like you said, he's creating some moments, and I think the, the the biggest issue for me is he seems to be the only player that is creating any kind of moment really at the minute. Mm. And that's frustrating when we've broken the way structure to bring him in. Mm. You know, I think we had all our big expectations, and probably Alex Neil more so than anyone. You know, to bring in a player of Scott Sinclair's quality, and then not. Be deemed interested in a lot of the games. Yeah, he's got that spark of quality about him. But I just think we need to get him on the ball. I just think, and whether that's him not wanting to be on the ball and going a little bit missing, or if he's coming inside too much. I think he held onto the ball too much yesterday. Yeah. He had a couple of opportunities going down the left, and he, he had opportunities to pass. But it's think like, it's the, do you think it's a trust thing of players around him as well? I, yeah, I think it, it's every level of football and. If you if you're a player of a good quality and you've got somebody that isn't as good as you alongside you, you probably trust yourself more than you trust them. Yeah. And I think I've seen it happen in mm. grassroots. I've seen it happen for us, you know. And I think it's that's the case. I think he, he just probably doesn't trust the players alongside him unless they're of that higher ability. And that's a shame. I think you know. Yeah. I think if you look at the Wigan game, I think he had. Three or four moments with Ben Pearson where they're on the same wavelength. Um, and they're probably, in terms of football intelligence, whatever you want to call it. Pearson's and DJ as well, you can chuck into that. I'm not, not sure about DJ's football intelligence for me, personally. I'll um, probably chuck him in there. I think, you know, because when you've only got a small pot of players that have got that intelligence level. Yeah, I think Robinson, Robinson and Pearson for me, when they've been at North End, have, stand, have stood out as like understanding the game to a high degree. I'm not sure I'll put Piers, uh, Johnson on the same level, but just looking back at the Wigan game, I'll have to look at how we set up, but that, for me, stands out as Sinclair's most probably energetic 45 minutes, first half anyway, I think. Um, yeah. So I'm not sure how we got the best out of him that day, but... That's the other thing with him. He seems to fade quickly in, in games after he's had a, after he's had a, a half decent spell, whether it's the first half or. I think whatever. that's as much to do with 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 us as well as a team. So yeah, of. probably. And you're going to get players who are drifting out of games. Robinson was the same. Robinson couldn't. He might not have sent him the ball for 20 minutes and then threads an inch perfect pass through or whatever. But in his last season, he, he became a lot more involved. Robinson, but. Just in terms of getting him involved, there's only seven games left to work out how to get him involved. Yeah. They've had they've had a couple of months. Neil's had a couple of months anyway to try and decide. For yeah, I mean it's we just look like we're just going to do the same things, but um, yeah, it feels like we're sleepwalking. It feels like we're sleepwalking to 14th place. Because we're not actually being proactive in anything we're doing. I, I, I said it last week. I'll say it again today. Don't understand what we've been doing in lockdown. Don't understand what we've done for the last three months. Can't can't work it out. I think Sinclair's situation at Celtic may have impacted him like 
on a personal level almost because he was sent. He, he went from being sort of the star of Brendan Rodgers' team and winning the title and scoring all the goals and whatever to training with the kids under Lennon to not playing at all, then coming to Preston and being expected to do well, not what makes such a big impact immediately with very little game time, probably low on confidence. Yeah. It's the sort of thing that may, that maybe we don't think about enough in terms yeah. of how that can affect the players, like, personally. So I'd hope there is more to come, but, yeah, it's maybe been a little bit disappointing so far. And I think the way we've been playing as well since he arrived probably doesn't help his confidence. Yeah. Because we haven't exactly played positive, proactive football since he's arrived. So you, I don't think his confidence is going to improve in any way, shape or form when since he's arrived. Realistically, I think we've only won two games. I'm just going to have a quick flick through, but we've not we've not set the world on fire since he's come, has it, have we really? Yeah, so oh, what was his won. first game? Was it Barnes? Okay. Was it his we, first we game? We made his debut away at Blackburn, didn't he? Yeah. Okay, so it came on then. So we've won four out of his first six games since he's arrived. And then since then, we've won one of the last seven. So that's five wins in 13 games since he's arrived. Three draws in that. So five wins, three draws, five defeats since he's arrived. Yeah. I think it might boil down to the players around him as well to an extent. But like Ollie's just said, it probably, we don't know how how players are mentally as well. Yeah. Mm. Um, <coughs> But as much as anything, it's probably to do with our tactics as well, to be honest. It's just negative. It's just negative, isn't it, really? It's, we're not we're not going we're not going for a for a kill, are we, when we're playing teams? Nope. Um yeah, unless anyone's got anything else to say, we can look ahead to Derby. Our five thousandth game. Yeah. It could be first ever like team it. first ever team, is it? Five thousand league games. Yeah. First team yeah. Feels like it couldn't have come at a worse time, really. A real party atmosphere, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's a shame we don't have just, to see it in it, let's be honest. Yeah. It's, it, you know, I think if we look at the bigger picture, it's 5,000th game, first team to ever get that, to that accolade, and then we're not there to see it. Mm. And by the way, it considering how long the club have had to get the stadium ready, I thought yesterday, I thought it looked shit. <laughs> a few people have said that on the on social. Yeah. To be honest, um, I was only looking at the pitch, me. So what was it like? There's a shot. What? 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 It just, it just, it just looked. I've said it I before earlier it. in the podcast, but it looked very scattered. Just the flags. I think the flags, the flags were a late decision. Around. You know, they were a late decision yeah. than flags because I think the. I don't know for facts, but it just seemed like well, they, they put a tweet out what, two days Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah. Um, so I, put, I didn't I even see that. Um, no. Was it was the big wolf flag there? Didn't you yeah, see it? Um, on the, yeah, uh, on the cop. on the cop. It's probably why we got beat. <laughs> <laughs> it, isn't it weird? Isn't it weird how a flag causes so much contention between fans? It's mad. Yeah. Isn't it? I'm gonna give less. Yeah. <laughs> no. uh, I think if you look at the, just on that, I think you look at the effort that some clubs have made, such as Leeds, With even crowdy things. Yeah, I mean, dead salt. I mean, don't run lead to a massive club at this level, and there's all forty thousand of those cardboard cutouts. Fair play to them. Yeah, they even have one of Bin Laden there. <laughs> I know. So, and yeah, you've got to police it to a certain extent. But I mean, 
there was a bit of money to be made there, though, for North End. If you sell them at 20, 25 quid a pop. Yeah, well, but if, Chelsea, if we'd have done it, there'd have been 10,000 Linda Moons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cheltenham did it, didn't they? In League 2, and they raised 20 grand for the club. Yeah. They, sold a thousand, they sold a thousand at 20 quid a pop, and they only had one game on the telly, and that was the game they got beat in the, in the playoffs. I mean, if we'd done it for 20 quid, and you filled the town in instead of putting flags on it, and you, even if you only get 2,000 cutouts, you're still going to make a profit. You're still probably going to make as much money as you've made with all those bloody banners yeah. that you couldn't really see yesterday on the telly. No, they weren't big enough. And I donated to the um, the Gentry one, and it's just scribbled away. It's a, I was a, I, I, there was a lot of effort that had gone into it. I was just a little bit disappointed where it was yeah. uh, because it's just scribbled away, and I just couldn't, you know, I was like, the and idea behind it was really good, but it, again, it, it wasn't big enough to see to see yeah. the names. So it's not like people who are looking out for the names of family members or friends who've passed away just to but, just to see that name on TV. It's not even like they could go there. That's my granddad's name. Even at pitch level, that's the thing that did me. It's like at the top of where where the players' wives usually sit in yeah. the Invincibles. It's up in that corner and you can, it's not going to be seen properly on TV. It's just a little bit disappointing. And to be fair, it's probably a club issue rather than the guys that have organised it because the guys that have organised it, you know, a bit of a shout out to John Kelly and the lads on p Online for the efforts that they put in, you know, because they've done a great job raising the, the, the two grand. Yeah. But then... I just feel that they've been probably let down a little bit because of where it's been put. Um, and that shouldn't that should be a detriment to anybody. It might just be luck rather than judgment, but I just feel like it's just been scrolled away rather than actually... Because at the end of the day, that flag will get used again next season, you'd hope, mm-hmm. you know, with, especially for the contributions that people have made towards it. I get what you mean about the ground. It just It looks soulless at the best of times. Yeah. But yesterday, it just maybe maybe we should have put more of an effort in because we've had three months to prepare for this. It's not like it's just been sprung upon us. Is it? Mm. I can't see them making a song and a dance about the five thousandth league game. To be honest, did, did, they were trying to, and COVID's affected it. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but um, like, like you've just said, though, they've had three months to figure out an alternative plan. But they've not had a budget for it. They've not had a budget for any of this. For any of the COVID stuff. I've read, you know, I've read that they've not had a penny towards a budget for COVID-related, not non-income-related stuff. Mm. So, but I think that I think the cardboard cutouts thing. I know it looks cheesy for some people, and it's probably not everyone's cup of tea. But even if you sell two thousand of them at twenty quid a pop, it's money in the it's money in the coffers that we don't have at the minute. Yeah, you know, and even if it goes, even half, if half it goes to the community trust. They've done some great work with the hampers and stuff for for the underprivileged communities and the older people. You know, even if you do it the charity, you know, partly to charity and then partly to the club, it'd get more people in, interested. But we just feels like we've just sleepwalked into this period, probably on and off the pitch. Mm. Frustrated, frustrated, frustrated. Um, yeah, back to Derby. Then I've, I've I've seen a few people seem to be clinging on to this suspension for Tom Lawrence, like it's going to impact the game massively. Like it means they don't have win. Yeah. <laughs> is are you forgetting that they've they've got other good players? Yeah, they've circumvented financial fair play to get Wayne Rooney in. <laughs> yeah, I think obviously biggest club in the league, aren't they, Derby? Um, if you believe what our own fans say, so 
got next to no chance of winning the game. Obviously got England's best ever player. Got the best 18-year-old in the world in Lewis Sibley. Scored a hat-trick younger than Messi. Um, shows what we're up against. Philip well, that's it, mate. We'll, we'll finish the podcast there. We're fucked. Yeah, <laughs> we might as well wave the white flag now. <laughs> got Philip Koku, who's played for Barca, managed in Turkey and Holland. So he's very... That means he must be a top-class coach as well. So. Well, and they've, also, they've also got one of the best academies in Europe as well. Um, so we might as well just pack it in there. They are in a good run of form at the minute, though. They've won four of the last five. Um, and they are quite... I think Patchy's probably a nice way of putting their start to the season. Now, being serious all about the derby, I think since Rooney came in, they've been the best team in the league, points-wise. Um, and they have, some, they have got some really good players. Mm. They've only lost three games from 14 this year. Yeah, and I think before the lockdown, they had, they've always had good home form this season, but they're away form. I think they'd only won two away games, um, so this might suit them as well. Tough game, isn't it? Yeah. Very, very. tough game. Yeah, they've won last four in the league. Yeah. And they'd, won four, they'd only won four out of ten before that. They'd had a little bit of a blip in February when they only won one game in the league. Um, Hoy at Swansea. Um, but again, we're going into a game where we're separated by one goal in the league, similar as to what we were yesterday. Um yeah. They seem to have come out of nowhere, but obviously winning four games in a row. Scored 11 know, goals they? in those four games as well. Yeah, they, I think, did they score three, was it? In the, in, they scored beat, twice beat yesterday. 1-2 on yesterday, beat, beat Millwall 3-2, beat Rovers 3-0, and beat Chef Wednesday on the 29th of Feb. Obviously, this is going back before lockdown, 3-1. Yeah, yeah, so they're scoring goals. Um which is a concern, obviously, given our defensive frailties at the minute and the fact that we can't keep a clean sheet at home. Yeah, don't forget um, that, Jimmy. Tom Lawrence is suspended. I, I don't. <laughs> I, I, honestly don't I, I don't care about Tom Lawrence. He's a drink yeah. driver. Yeah, he he he, always, he does play well against us. To be fair, Tom Lawrence. Yeah, he does. Um, I think I don't think we beat Derby since we got promoted, if I remember correctly. No, we've always struggled against him. Obviously, we had the uh, the game in, in Neil's first season when it was on Sky. Browns missed a penalty. At nil nil, um, and then I think Tom Lawrence scored free kick, didn't he? And then they ended up finishing a couple of points above us for the playoffs. We've never won at Pride Park since we uh, since we came back, and the performance at Pride Park in November, I think it was start of November, was pretty shabby. Um, so yeah, I think we'll we'll struggle. But the weird thing is about Derby, we normally give those type of teams a good game. The last time we beat Derby was two thousand and eight. Boxing Day, yeah, just looked at that, 2-0. Yeah, so obviously it's a little while ago. Yeah, A very long time. But they're, they're going to make the pitch big. They've got Bogle and Lowe at full-back. They've got Rooney next to Max Bird, just holding. Then they've got Lewis Sibley just ahead. And obviously Lawrence have been on, on one side. Um, I think Dwayne Holmes might come in. He's a good player. Um, and then you got Mary up front or Waghorn. So they have got a good team. Um, and I thought Rooney might not have made the impact that he's made, to be fair. I thought he's gone to the MLS. Championship might be a bit bit too intense. The but... thing is, though, when we were talking about we've got a lack of leaders, he's, yeah. he's going to go in anywhere and he's a leader straight away, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a good footballer, Rooney. He's, he's obviously he's a quality player. Um, no, what happened last time he came to Deepdale. Yeah, 
Dad. Bit like the West Brom penalty one, it's to be fair. Same, uh, literally same, same part of the pitch. Yeah, apart from I think something that actually caught him a little bit. Yeah, Stuckers has said it's a penalty, hasn't he? Has yeah. he? I thought it was yeah. me. Said it to me on the podcast. Uh, and he also said Rooney never actually went in and apologised to him, which is what Peter Ridsdale came out in the press and said afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing you forget about Derby is Chris Martin. Talking yeah. about leaders and talking about talisman <clears throat> at this level, Chris Martin's an absolute beast, isn't he? I know he's not scored tons of goals this season. I think he's got nine in 28 games. Um but for a player that's it's a good record really isn't it it's better than ours um, but you know for a player that's been there nearly 10 years he's had a consistent record of scoring yeah um, I think he had a spell where it looked like he was probably going to be on his way out didn't he yeah but, but he he's come back yeah but he's come back and done really well by one of my mates the Derby fan and apparently he's had a bit of a resurgence so and they have got some good young players I know it's taking a piss because Derby fans think that they are the best thing since last spread, but Max Bird looks like a good player. Jason Knight, I think, um, and then Sibley, obviously Jaden Bogle and Max Lowe at fullback. So they're going to be energetic. Obviously, going to be high confidence because they won four in a row. And as Alex Neil said yesterday, home advantage means nothing, which I don't know how much I buy completely, but it's obviously it's not going to be like a home game in terms of using the intensity from the fans to get on top of them like we normally would do against these type of teams. So we'll have to see, but it's hard to see a, a win in it, to be honest. And I think Cardiff playing on Tuesday night as well could be six points by, by Wednesday at five o'clock. So we'll have to hope Cardiff get beat and then... Hopefully we can we can pick some up. Yeah, I, I mean, Cardiff game's gone now, isn't it? We've just got to learn from it more than anything. Yeah. I think um, they've got an extra day to prepare, if you look at it in that way. You know, the fact that they are playing a Wednesday, which is usually the day off for them. Um, so, it's going to be a tough game. Just got to be able to pick ourselves up somehow. I just think that the manager has got to change something because otherwise we are going to continue to be stuck in this rut. And I suppose this is where he earns his coin. Let's be yeah. honest, he's... He's very well paid for the job he does. So it's about time that we started picking up the results that we we need to see. Um, I think we'll go don't... with um, like a, a, the high press, like we're sitting against these type of teams. So Pots, Pots in, Barky. maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I've read, I've read somewhere that Barky looks knackered. I, I, don't, I don't particularly agree with that. I just don't think he was utilised yesterday. Um, I, don't, I don't think we, we used him anywhere near enough that we need to um, mm. I don't agree he's knackered yeah he's, he's one of those players that's, that is intense in the way he plays but um, I don't think he's knackered I, I, I want to see Bowden in um, I want to see probably Potts in I'd probably, probably take Alan Brown out let DJ sit I think it's going to be interesting in the midfield battle um, especially with their midfield three they might put Sibley back in uh, he came off yesterday um, after about an hour but yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough game. Let's mm. let's be frank. Obviously, it depends who they play up top. Like, I've always liked Martin Wagon. I know he's a, he's an horrible little player to play against, but that'd be a good battle against whichever whichever side he sits he sets up on. Whether it's Fisher or if it's Hughes, yeah. And if it's Chris Martin, see if it's Chris Martin that's playing up top for them. Would he? I'd probably keep Bauer in. You know, I'm just trying to think if it's if it'd be better for Bauer to play or Hunts. 
I'd keep Byron regardless because I, I just I don't I don't rate Hunts one bit, and I'd be worried about him coming in after six months against a team like Derby. Yeah, he's done that before though, and he Hunts. He's he's coming out the out the cold and played well. You know, look at when he returned. He's done it this season because um, I forgot which game he came in for, but then he kept his shirt for five or six games. You're not you're not convincing him here, Jimmy. I'm not. I'm never, I'm never going to convince him. <laughs> but um, he came. Oh, he came in against West Brom at home. Uh, but then kept his kept the shirt for seven game, eight games if you include Borough. Um, granted, we, our form wasn't great in that time. I think we won two, drew with two, and lost four. But the team was in a bit of a blip at that point, anyway. I like Hunts. You know what you get with Hunts. You know it's no nonsense. It's yeah. I know you're not a fan, so I'm not going to try and preach to the, to the unconvertible. But. He's I been a good really player. Like He's been a great player for us once, but I just wouldn't bring him in. For, I just think Bowers a better defender. He probably is, but he's not in good form. <laughs> it's only 180 minutes, I think. So, yeah, but I'd, I'd give him. I'd just give him another game. I just like, like, like you said before, though, Ollie, it's one of them. If he if he brings Hunts in and then we end up getting beat, people start slagging him off saying. Well, why has it changed with that? Why has he done this? If he'd have just kept back, I think fans. I think people would like to. No, I think people would like to see Hunts brought in. Yeah, but maybe they wouldn't if we ended up losing the game. Well, I don't think it matters. I don't think they blame it on Hunts coming in. I'm not sure. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. But Bowers had his worst two games at a press I think last couple. Yeah. So unfortunately, just at the wrong time of the season. Yeah. Uh, just so, back to Barky. Um, he has asthma, so I guess it's very easy for him to look knackered. And him <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. That's how he looks like, yeah. No, no shit. A good, good point, considering how many sprints he probably makes per game. Does well to play as many games as he does, doesn't he? And it's, we're getting to the stage now where it's Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, midweek. So he's going to have to manage him now. Yeah. And then we've yeah. got, going forward, he might end up playing for South Africa. Which will be another fun thing to deal with. Yeah, let's hope that doesn't happen for our sake. <laughs> yeah, we could could do without him travelling four thousand miles every couple of months, couldn't we? Yeah, yeah. I think unless you've got anything else you want to add, lads, we'll we'll get predictions and then we'll wrap it up. Yeah, I think it's um, it's another big week, isn't it? Really, because mm-hmm. Uddersfield next. I know we're going to hopefully do a little bit of a pod on Wednesday night, but. Um, yeah, Huddersfield next week. It's just a big game, I think. Yeah. Just as big a game. So, um, yeah, big week. As as the next four or five will be. Mm. Well, obviously until it gets to a point where it's mathematically impossible for us to get in the playoffs or we've secured a playoff place. Whichever way things pan out. I mean, it's looking unlikely for one way at the moment, but you can never say never in football. What's your prediction, Jimmy? Don't want to be negative, but I can't see anything but a derby win at this moment in time, unfortunately. So I'm going to go with a, I'm going to go with a, I'm going to go with a two-one derby win. Ollie, two of us, isn't there? Oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, you, Ollie. Um, I think partly it might depend on on what happens on Tuesday night. Because it could be could be six points off come Wednesday, so we might have to go for it. But I think I've just got a feeling it might be a two-two. 
sometimes we just pull these performances out of our arsehole. But yeah, yeah, we'll go. I'll go two two. Oh, I think 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 Barkley will score. I sadly can't sit here and say that I think we're going to win. I think just with the form they're in at the moment, I've got to take a two-one derby win as well. Remember, yeah, I've yeah. not been right with one of these yet, so it is a bit of uh, reverse psychology as well. In me saying that we we'll get beat because I've got I've, I've got two badly wrong so far. I've, you I've had got, a double whammy yesterday, didn't you? You had a bet on for Cardiff two-one. Yeah. So we ended up losing three-one. So not only did we get beat, but you didn't win your bet either. Yeah, I had I had Luton as a drawer in Cardiff to win yesterday. Um, I'm I'm going to go with I think it'll be a three-one derby. I think I think we'll concede three again. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not confident. We're just very lucky to get to get to see Wayne Rooney at Deepdale. Just remember that. Yeah, don't. I'll, I'll tell uh, it. Yeah, unless you've got anything else you want to say, lads, then. Oh, I just feel like it's been a negative pod, but it shouldn't went. But there's not a lot we can be positive about at the minute. So I apologise if you don't like the home truths that we've come out with. But it's just we've got to pick ourselves up. So, like you said, this is where this is where the manager earns his money now. Times like this, yeah. so we need we need we need to get at Derby, um, and we just we need to we need to win we need to win football games again, and we just need to. Proactively try and win games. It's getting towards the stage now, especially with Cardiff women. You can't really. It's gone from whatever it was a two point gap to a, a six point deficit. So can't really afford to be stumbling into games. I still think in that though we should be concentrating ourselves. Like just people, other teams can pick up points. They can do what they want, and they're out of your hands. But yeah. if you concentrate on just. Just look at us. Don't don't look at the league table until it's until that Bristol City game, and then look if you're up there, you're up there. If you're not, you're not. It's, it's as simple as that, really. But Easy you said and done, though, isn't it? Yeah, I know it is. But you can. You, there's only so many things you can control in life, and unfortunately, what other teams do at opposition stadiums is, is not something that we have any control of whatsoever. So, uh, yeah, we've got away with it for ages in terms of being six when we probably don't deserve to be, but. Just focus on ourselves. Fuck everyone else. That's that's the attitude we had at the start of the season, and it mm. worked perfectly. Just don't don't worry about anyone else. Just focus on us and screw everyone else. Because at the end of the day, what we do is more important than what anyone else does. And hopefully that will like it'll it will get us going again. Because Alex Neal's become too focused on opposition, and I think just focus on us, mate. Just, just do what we're good at, and then you know. If we win, we win. If we don't, we don't. But at least then we've actually done the right thing. Yeah. Um, not that he's listening. <laughs> he might not be, but I'm sure someone at the club will at some point. We're going to see. Yeah, well. Right. Thank you very right. much. Thanks, lads. See you Cheers. later. Yeah. Cheers. The Juice here. You are listening to our latest single, At Times. And of course, it's from the Finney. Says I'm okay, so I'm fine with that. I guess I'll be alright. The crutches don't, the feelings coming back to me. Even when it all seemed like, yeah, you know, it's alright at times. 
Don't 